You have found the Runaround Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in college cross country and track and field, professional road running, triathlon, and trail running in the state of Iowa. And now from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Bergeson. My guest today has been the Ironman Des Moines race director for the past three years. He is an Ankeny native, and he also is the last class with Ankeny High School. He's traveled a lot around the United States um, with a group that uh, put on a lot of Ironman, or excuse me, triathlon events. And now he is the new IMT Des Moines race director taking over for Chris Birch. Happy to have Jake Jass on the program. Hello, Jake. Hey, Lance. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, exactly. 12 days away from, uh, <laughs> from, from your big day. Thanks for uh, giving me the time here. I know you're very busy, a lot of things going on. Um, can we kind of uh, talk about how things are going here in your first go yeah, around here? Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, luckily I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the, the pool that I decided to jump in here. Um, and honestly, this event, it's 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 like an old house like the bones are so good and solid it just you know everything the foundation is is so good so um i was fortunate enough to step into a situation that is really um well taken care of and and uh you know i'm excited to be able to to get in here and, and put my own little spin on it and uh grow it and i think um you know this year hopefully will be just a small taste of things to come, but, um, yeah, things are, things are going really well. Registrations are up, um, over last year and we did a whole rebranding, um, for the marathon this year. So for folks that are joining us that have been involved for the you know, past several years, things will look a little bit different, um, you know, uh, compared to, to years past, but I think everything is, is headed in, in a really good, good direction. I see. I've noticed you've kind of uh, put a spin on, uh, yeah, kind of the IMT colors a little bit more black and black and red. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Rebranding? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. IMT, you know, they've been such a good partner uh, and sponsor for this event for so many years. And um, I thought, why not, you know, give them the love that they very much deserve. So just kind of built everything around their logo and their color scheme. They've been they've been with you guys from the beginning uh, with uh, mm-hmm. with this marathon uh, ever since uh, Tom Bernal with uh, Endurance Sports uh, bought yep. uh, bought this race and they've been with this race from the beginning. Yep. So uh, yep. I, I actually looked up the press release from from 2005 uh, when when, oh, wow. when 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 Chris Birch became race director. So uh, so mm. you uh, obviously get along pretty well with endurance. Uh, with the endurance group, um, was an easy sell for you to uh, take over for Chris Birch. I'm able to handle both race directing this and race directing Iron Man, at least for the for the foreseeable future. So, um, yeah, and and the nice thing is also is that I mean, you know, working with the city, it's whether I'm doing the IMT Des Moines Marathon or Iron Man, it's it's all the same folks, and and it's a pretty smooth process at this point for me. Okay. Well, let's, let's kind of go into, um, kind of tell the listeners, uh, who you are, Jake, and, uh, how you got into endurance sports and, and triathlons in particular. Uh, I mentioned you were the last, uh, Ankeny high school class. Um, how did you get in, in, interested in, 
in this sport. Um, yeah. Um, so I think it was 2008. Um, my dad completed his first Ironman. It was Ironman Arizona. I was supposed to go to prom and I decided to go watch him. Well, actually, my parents mm. kind of decided for me to go watch him uh, compete in, in Ironman Arizona. Um, and, you know, he was the classic blue collar working 12 hour days and then he would be on his bike trainer for four or five hours and then go run i mean i didn't wow. see him for a year and then <laughs> and then watching him you know and at that at that point i had no idea like you know he would explain what an ironman was and i was like that i don't even know what you're talking about that seems crazy i didn't understand how a human could do that <laughs> like <laughs> um have a full-time job and a family and then also be training and, and complete something like that. So ever since I saw him do that, I kind of have always been an endurance um, athlete and then just have fallen in love completely with producing endurance events as well. I started um, competing in triathlons. Um, I did that all the way through high school and college. And then the high triathlon is kind of how I got into the other side of producing events. Um, I had a buddy working for them and they needed help uh, with, I think, aid stations or something like that, maybe 10 years ago. Um, and they asked me because I ran triathlon. So, of course, I knew what <laughs> I knew what producing them was all about, um, which was a lie. And uh, ever since then, that that group or starting then that group asked me to join kind of their crew. They produced 30 events around the country including yep, the Boeing Triathlon. Yep. A couple yep, years. That. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, they also did New York City Triathlon and sure. Escape from Alcatraz and, and everything. So, yeah. And then once I heard um, that Ironman was coming into town. So that, that you know, 30 events a year sounds great, um, but you're never home. I was flying. Yeah. I, I was flying out on a Wednesday producing an event on a Sunday, tearing things down, flying home on a Tuesday, back on a plane on a Wednesday. So it was, it was, you know, I was gone 35, 40 weeks out of the year. Um, which, yeah. Which is great when you're single, um, you know, and just looking to make money and travel. Um, but uh, in 2020, I got married, um, had my, had my son and that really kind of was a reality check as far as, you know, I need to be more local. I need to produce maybe more local events. And Iron Man came to town. Um, I was fortunate enough to be selected for that. And then once, you know, this position opened up for the marathon, um, it was a very short conversation. And I was excited to uh, to take the take the role that, that Chris left. Absolutely. Yeah, I know it surprised me, but uh, that he left. But, yeah. you know, uh, a, a good opportunity came up with uh, being the ops manager for the principal charity classic. I can't uh, fault him for that, for taking that. Uh, everybody loves a new yeah. challenge. And uh, for you, this uh, seems right up your alley, then definitely. Um, everybody, of course, wants to know whenever a new leader takes over, you know, what kind of changes mm -hmm. you're going to be taking place. And like you said, the rebranding's already happened. I'm seeing some new yep. sponsors. Um, yep. Yep. Your first year, I, I got to believe you're probably sticking to the <laughs> format, um, sticking pretty much to it because you've only been on the job 
four months or so, five? Yeah, yeah, I so, accepted it. I accepted the position right before Iron Man um, and then basically just immediately said, I, I'll see you in a month. Um, <laughs> produce Iron Man and then, yeah, I, I started kind of like July middle of july or so officially so, yeah. like for for getting my my feet in the water for the marathon but um yeah this year my goal is to just have a well-run uh marathon um sure i, I i'm not gonna do anything you know super flashy or anything crazy different i think probably the biggest difference is that um expo will be at Coles commons rather than the um, event center, which is what I do for Ironman. And it's, it's such a, it's, it's a great venue. Um, And one thing that I, I I think that has happened, especially to endurance events post COVID is that, which comes as a surprise is that um, a lot of people just kind of forgot that they were a thing. Um, So getting back out in front of people um, having people drive to the farmer's market and seeing the Des Moines Marathon branding, having people just walking around downtown and, and realizing that, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's still happening. That's still going on because, um, believe it or not, I mean, uh, that's kind of the, the biggest barrier of entry for post-COVID is that it's just people kind of forgot they lost a little bit of interest. But I think if we can get get eyes back on things um, and have a well-executed race and, of course, a little dose of sunshine never hurt anybody. So, um, yeah, <laughs> hopefully it's sunny. Hopefully it's sunny next weekend for you, and not yeah, hopefully, hopefully. rain, please. Um, yeah, I assume you'll have tents up uh, just in case. Yeah. Oh yeah, there will be plenty of tents just in case. Yes, sir. Okay, okay, yeah. that's good. Um, hey, now, like I said, uh, looked at your. You got a lot of new sponsors, I think. So you've been working hard on the sponsorship end, which is you know no small uh no small task there yeah i'm i'm fortunate enough to have an amazing wife that's also very well connected um and people tend tend to love her so um she gets the ball rolling for me and i i'm able to you know talk operations and things like that to a lot of people so without her um i don't know if i'd have a lot of sponsorships but uh yeah she's she's very very helpful for for not only that, but other things. And she'll actually be um, one of our announcers this year, which is fun. Oh, okay. Well, she have a yeah. background then in, in, uh, in triathlon announcing uh, in the past? Yeah, so oh. actually we were part of the same crew that produced, you know, those 30 events. Um, sure. So we, we were hip to hip for about five years producing events. And she would do anything from announcing to registration to working out on the course, Um so yeah, she she is multifaceted, and uh, she also um, she just has a she just has a mind for events. Um, so putting her on the announcer stage was a very easy decision for me. And you said she's one of the announcers. Who else will uh, be uh, joining her? Yeah, so Craig Kelly is coming back. I think um, okay. he's been announcing for the past several years, if if yeah. not longer. So he'll he's be back, and then also my wife. Okay, those two. Okay, that sounds good. Yep. And uh, start and finish still down in Court Avenue. Uh, are you really liking that location? Um, seems really optimal. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's it's such a cool venue to be able to to put something like that just right in the middle of downtown city. 
I think that's something that Des Moines is able to offer that not a ton of other uh, cities are able to offer. Um, and also with the, the farmer's market being there, um, we're able to just kind of take over their footprint pretty seamlessly and, and build out our start finish line and not shut down any more roads and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, and unless there's seen, there's more construction in Des Moines, um, that will be, that will be the start finish line for, for the future, for sure. Okay. Okay. That's good. Uh, that's good. Re reassuring for most people. I see the course generally about the same for the marathoners. You do are, you are using the back, uh, the back loop of, of, of waterworks, um, kind of go yeah, into so, how, the, how the course has changed a little bit. Yeah. So with, with all the construction, um, downtown and if anybody works here or lives here, they, it's, it's kind of a mess right now, but, um, we had to adjust a little bit, which, uh, sent every, we had to start everybody heading West, um, towards, uh, the courthouse rather than East towards the Capitol. Um, and then obviously not being able to use MLK, we had to kind of rework some things. Um, I know a lot of people that are familiar with Waterworks Park hate the back loop. So we added a fun little um, time trial in there. So I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Our um, amazing sponsors, fit, Fitness Sports, um, they are um going to provide gift certificates to for their store for the for the top three male female um in each age group which is pretty awesome in all distances so uh you know you could walk the marathon and if you know between miles <laughs> 18 and a half and 20 you want a dead sprint and and win that gift card i think you know more power to you but uh yeah, so we'll have timing mats there, so your chip will just automatically read, just as it was a timing split. Um, so once you start the the back loop, and then once you come across that that timing mat at the end of the back loop, um, it'll stop your time. And yeah, just like any age group award, we'll just add that as well, which I think is a pretty fun little activation for for the athletes. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, instructions always uh always a real pain in there you know what uh yes. for, uh for managing a race i am glad for the 5k <laughs> since i'm running that that we're not running on mlk parkway i i i, I gotta say the course looks a lot better um really yeah. liking that. really yeah, liking I've that a couple people i've heard a couple people say that they are excited for kind of the the back um the back loop and going to around mullet and icup stadium and i think mlk can also get um a little boring. I mean, it's a very long, wide road, so it feels like you're going nowhere, um, and there's not a whole lot out there. So, I think you know, with our on-course entertainment and then just the sheer energy of of the city, um, having it, you know, towards Mullets and that back loop of Waterworks and utilizing some trails, I think it's a it's a really cool way to showcase the city. And the marathoners still get to go on the on the Blue Oval at Drake Stadium, yes. and still get to go on yep. Kingman Boulevard. So a lot of the familiar, um, yeah, a lot of the familiar grounds that they'll cover yep, for again. sure. Yep, yep. So I, uh, it's a perfect time to have you on the podcast uh, because, <laughs> well, you know, we all know as uh, that the Twin Cities surprisingly mm -hmm. canceled their race mm -hmm. yesterday. Um, you got to be. 
jumping on this opportunity and advertising your race to those who are wanting to run either the 10 mile or, or marathon yesterday. This has to be a great opportunity for you. Yeah, it is. Um, I want to start by saying that I've been in that position um, that Twin Cities, both as an athlete and as an event organizer, and it is a difficult decision to make, and it's very unpopular. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, we as runners sometimes forget that there's still a city <laughs> out there outside of the course. Um, and, you know, if if the city if their resources and especially their EMS and medical resources are being deployed for a race rather than to, you know, somebody's home that is having a heart attack or, um, you know, it, okay. it quickly becomes, you know, a decision more about the city and their residents and the health and safety of everybody involved, not just the runners. Um, it's, it's a tough one and it's difficult to swallow for a lot of runners. Um, but, yeah, I, I very much respect the decision, knowing that it's not going to be an easy one. But, um, yeah, I mean, fortunately for Des Moines, being close and a couple weeks away um, and with our roads and, and closures and things like that, we're able to host uh, a lot of people that have been displaced by that and are still looking to either qualify for Boston or um, – just run the marathon they've been training for for months um so yeah very happy to be able to offer that to people okay well i know from my well past experience a year ago you uh you held that uh, iron man triathlon uh, yeah. which was in conditions that were far worse than the twin cities yesterday um yep. it was, uh, worse temperatures and that was a hundred and 40.6 miles these athletes were 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 covering uh yeah but yet yep. but yet you held the race what were your uh what were your conditions for holding that iron man uh what was the ultimate factor there yeah so one thing was is that we we knew that we were going to be able to get everybody off the bike course before it got um incredibly hot and we were fortunate enough to have a three loop run course, um, which really keeps our footprint down. So us deploying resources to um, somebody who was overheated or somebody who was, you know, having some sort of heat related illness or even just, you know, your, your usual endurance related medical calls. Um, we, we were able to deploy those resources quickly um, without affecting the resources that the city would normally have, if that makes sense. So, you know, if we, if we had a one loop marathon, it, it probably would have ended much differently because, you know, if our furthest point away, let's say is 15 miles, um, to deploy a resource there, um, and get that athlete, addressed and, and either transported or brought back to the finish line. Um, that's a much different scenario. You're talking 30 minutes yeah, to an sure. hour, as opposed to, you know, if that, if that athlete is two miles away, we can get to that athlete and, and have a, a quick response time and then get them to where they need to be. And back um, probably about the same time that it would have taken just to get to, let's say mile 15 of the marathon. And that's kind of, that's kind of where, um, 
Because you basically had four loops, right? Or six three, miles or so. Yeah, yeah. There's three three loops of about eight miles, and they were all oh, kind three, of right? okay. yeah. They were all kind of centered around Gray's Lake. Um, so you know, any we had several medical units at Gray's Lake, so deploying them one way or another, even at the very far ends of the the race course, was very quick response time. And you know, again, like I said, if if this would have been a one loop course, we probably would have, we probably would have had to address the, the distance that people were going to keep it, keep the footprint of the race manageable. Okay. Um, so the Twin Cities in Motion, they use that EEAS uh, heat condition flag system that the Marines have, mm. uh, and they called it a black flag. Uh, what will you be using for the IMT race that uh, runners know? This goes city by city. So it's usually by like what the city, what their medical um, units deem as safe or unsafe. Um, so like, okay. I know for like the New York City triathlon, they always use the wet bulb temp. And if it got above, I forget it's exactly what it was, but it was like 86 or 87 degrees. They canceled, they pulled the plug. So it could sit at 85 all day and have the event run without a hitch. And it, if it hit 86, everybody is headed to the finish line. Race is done. Um, so that's really where I lean on letting, you know, the medical professionals make that decision. I don't have a specific um, kind of barometer that I use other than taking the advice that I'm getting from from those professionals. So if, you know, if we're three or four days out and it looks like it's going to be 95 degrees, um, you know, we'll have contingency plans A through Z, just like we would for, for any other event here in Des Moines. Um, and then if our medical team is getting stressed to the point that it's affecting not only their response time to our runners, but also response time to just the city, um, that's where, you know, difficult decisions need to be made. Mm, okay. Uh, I, I speculated on my podcast that I just uh, uh, put out here mm -hmm. that um, I kind of felt like maybe um, Twin Cities should have dropped everybody down to the 10 mile, gotten everybody through in two and a half, three hours before it got really bad. Yeah. Give the runner something there. Is that, uh, is that a possibility that you could mo maybe move the marathon marathoners all down to the half yeah. and uh, still have the race Definitely. or is the or is the logistics too hard with the bibs and stuff you know again i think it's it's about your lead up time um if if for example you know if you're looking at the weather forecast and it is 88 degrees and it's been 88 degrees for a week now um mm. you you start making those plans on wednesday thursday um you start having contingencies, you start talking with the city, you start talking with your timing, um, you start talking with your volunteers and um, you, you say, Hey guys, if you know, by Sunday at 2 AM, if things are still looking like it's going to be 90 degrees and sunny, here is our plan. We're going to send out a mass communication to everybody involved. We're pushing all of our resources to the half marathon and everybody's going to run the half marathon. Um, but, yeah. you know, if, if for some reason, which has happened, and the, which is kind of what happened with Ironman, actually, 
is that 10 days out, it looked like it was going to be 75. And then a week out, it was 82. And then three days out, it was 94. <laughs> I mean, so it jumped uh-huh. up out of nowhere. Um, and the best thing that we could do at that time was to get as much ice and hydration and stuff as possible for the situation. And then kind of go with the flow as far as our medical um, professionals are concerned and make the decision kind of on the fly. So it's, it, it totally depends on, and the other thing is, you know, with, with the marathon, we have a half marathon course that is, it's big enough. Um, if everybody needs to be pushed into the half marathon, we have the resources, we have, you know, the, the, the space to do it. Um, and we already have a half marathon course. So, you know, I don't know what the twin cities marathon, their 10 miler looks like if it's tight or if, um, you know, they just couldn't make that decision in time, but yeah, I, I, I would have, if, if this happens in Des Moines, we'll do everything we can to make sure people at least run the half. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. And this is a question that you really are going to be faced with in the next few years, because as global warming occurs Mm -hmm. and the seasons get lengthened here, fall season gets farther into October and then the spring goes farther into May mm-hmm. with the temperatures. Um, you're going to be right in the crosshairs uh, mm-hmm. with this decision. Um, you might have to have a decision to with an with a with a call uh, if the temperatures are going to be in the 80s uh, for one of these races that you're going to be director of. Yep, for sure. Um, and <laughs> I'm no stranger to this. Uh, for Ironman, yeah. it was supposed to happen in 2020, and you know we all know what happened there. So. I was going through all sorts of crazy protocols and things to make the event happen and n- no amount of protocols was going to work. So, and then 21, we had a five hour storm cell just sit right on top of us. Um, you know, we, again, with the help of our uh, national weather service team, we were able to get a really good weather uh, storm kind of prediction. And we knew best case scenario, this thing is going to sit on us from 4 a.m. to 5 or from yeah 4 a.m. to about 9 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. and then we'll have about an eight-hour window and let's see what we can figure. Let's see what we can, you know, squeeze into the eight-hour window and get people across safely. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm and then last year obviously the giant heat wave that popped up a couple of days before and and you know dealing with that. So even though I'm fairly young, um, I've seen my fair share of. <laughs> of weather events and you know crazy things that have happened and i feel confident and not only me but you know the city as well that the resources and and just the the institutional knowledge that having high v triathlon um here and being able to turn to the pd and just quickly explain this situation and that they understand because they've seen it for the last decade it's um it's something that we here in des moines are, are very lucky to have yeah, uh, absolutely. The work that they that that they do is essential to getting that done for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's it sounds like you're gonna have a pretty good uh, weather weekend though, from from what it looks like right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, so, yeah. I fingers crossed here. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've played the game of you know 14 day weather forecasts for far too long. I only look at about three days before now, and that's kind of how <laughs> mm, I don't trust right. anything else. So. Um, 
plan plan for the worst, you know, have have a lot of contingencies in the back pocket and then just hope for a good good weather day. I'll bet when you were traveling to all these triathlons, I'll bet you averaged probably one a year that got canceled because of lightning, thunderstorms, oh, man. something. Oh, I we, mean, I'll bet we probably had more. We probably had more than that. My guess is it was. Oh, really? It was probably three or four that just flat out got canceled. And then I bet mm-hmm. you a third of the triathlons that I worked, um, the delayed at least swims got canceled. I mean, yeah, you know, swims can get canceled quickly because of you know small weather advice or uh, small craft advisories, um, any sort of potential weather, all that kind of stuff, even a lack of resources. Um, you know, uh, USAT won't even let you start the race unless you have a certain amount of lifeguards and boats in the water and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I've, I've seen my fair share of, <laughs> of, of things. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're the perfect guy for this job. It sounds like, uh, you know, when when in crisis mode, uh, Jake Jake's your guy. Right? So. <laughs> I, I sure hope so. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I I don't really have a very strong reaction one way or another to things, um, which is good in those situations. So I, I'm 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 fortunately able to to stay pretty level headed and and proceed with the information that I have on hand and and make a decision. And you know, I've also been part of events where it looks like a storm cell is going to sit on top of you. You cancel the event and 30 minutes later, the sun starts shining, you know, it, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're dealt with the cards, you know, that you have. And, uh, you just, you do, you do what you can with it. And hopefully it, it kind of goes your way. Well, I've always said that, uh, Chris Birch must've had four week, four leaf clover in his pocket all the time because the weather just is almost ideal mm. every year for his race. So well, I, I sure hopefully. hope he left that four leaf clover in his office somewhere. I, I could hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it'll continue for you because yeah. man, uh, he, he just always seemed to have a great, uh, weather conditions for, for the race and rarely, uh, anything bad. So, um, so looking at kind of some other things about the race, um, of course, my area of expertise is the elite fields. Um, do you see that aspect of the race kind of staying about the same? Um, I think so. Just super frank, I think being honest, there's a, a time and place for um, hosting elite athletes and being able to provide a big prize purse and that kind of excitement. Um, I still think that you know the entire endurance uh, kind of market is still licking our wounds from, from COVID. Um, we were kind of sure. the first industry to really get hit, you know, it basically cut our numbers in half and that's not just here in Des Moines. I mean, that's all across the the globe. Um, and we're still slowly climbing out of that hole. Um, you know, so, so as much as I would love to host elites and fly the men and, you know, do all the bells and whistles and provide a, a really healthy, um, prize purse for them. My thoughts right now are just to provide a really, really good experience for the other 99% of, of runners. Um, do I'd rather put that money back, back into the event for them. Um, you know, whether that means maybe a little extra, uh, post-race food or some extra course entertainment or whatever that looks like, um, until we get kind of out of this hole. And then absolutely. I think, I think hosting um, an elite field, uh, making the race really competitive, um, 
yeah, that's that's a uh, that's definitely a goal. But I think I think we're still a couple of years away from that. Now that being said, we are hosting kind of a local field of elites, if you will. Um, we're working with Run Blaze, and they're kind of our elite um, coordinators. And we're just trying to keep it local. So it's a little bit smaller prize purse than what it has been in the past. Um, but we still want to, we still want to kind of retain that, that elite field. Um, but give it back to, to the local runners who maybe wouldn't have um, placed, you know, if, if we were flying people in and that kind of thing. So that that's kind of where it stands right now. And I think it will for, for the foreseeable future. And then, once we finally fully recover and we're able to take a breath and, and really get the most out of the event, then I think an elite field will definitely be back. Okay. Well, how are your numbers? I, I think it maybe uh, talked about it briefly at the beginning, but yeah. uh, what are your numbers? What are your numbers looking like from compared to last year? Yeah. Um, so our numbers are about 10% up than what they were last year. Um, okay. and that's Good. who the heck knows what, you know, the twin cities marathon will bring. Um, that's a whole nother can of worms right now that I'm kind of, kind of working through. Um, but without them, I'd say we're somewhere seven to 10% up from last year, which has been about the trend, um, the market trend for endurance events for since post COVID is about a five to 10% growth year over year. Um, but okay. not, not quite back to pre-COVID numbers. So, again, slowly but surely climbing out of the the well. But um, we still have we still have a little journey ahead of us. Okay, uh, what's the most difficult thing trying to get uh, people into running now? Uh, back into it? Is it just trying to get them to show up at races? Uh, trying to get them to commit to? Yeah, yeah. I, the, the best way I can answer this is with a little story. Um, so I okay. was, um, I was, I produce, I helped produce the uh, beta breakers um, uh, running event in San Francisco. Um, you know, they have 60,000 runners. It is just a, it's, it's a party. It's basically a, par- it's a, a parade. Yeah. Um, I think it was in 21. Yep. 20, 2021. I was building the start line of it the night before, and I don't know how many people stopped and asked me what it was for. Um, I mean, they just, it's like, we kind of got amnesia. Um, people just kind of forgot, you know, they got so removed from the normal, you know, everyday life and, and the year to year over year events that um, I really do think that a big portion of it is just getting back out there, showing that, that the marathon is healthy and it's alive and, and, you know, we're, we're ready and, and committed to producing a really good event. Um, and then I do think it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of a, a market shift as far as the people who are running. Um, it's not really your um, debt, like super dedicated life altering training, you know, Ironman athletes like my dad was, it's uh, it's people who want to enjoy it, who don't want training to become their entire life it's a fun it's a fun little uh project that i'll be working on here for the next couple years i think yeah you got to be encouraged by the numbers that came out um 
last week about the Boston Marathon, how they had to turn down 11,000 people. <laughs> that has to be that's be encouraging for you that the marathon uh, community seems to be uh, coming back. Yes, for sure. And it, and it kind of, the trends are, you know, the big ones will bounce back really quick and then it works its way from coast and in. So um, being able to see here in the Midwest that numbers are slowly, slowly rising as well is, is, is a really, really uh, healthy trend for the entire endurance space. Well, with this race, uh, it's it's no secret that that the half marathon is the most popular race. Uh, it's, it's got the most finishers. Yep, uh, it's the most fun for people because you don't beat up your body like a marathon does. Sure, uh, sure. Uh, so those numbers are going to be critically important for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, seeing those those half numbers go up. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And that's kind of been the trend um, that the, the half marathon seems to be kind of the sweet spot for for new registrants. Um, it's something that they, you know, it's still one heck of an accomplishment, but they don't have to train for, you know, 20 hours a week to to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah that's um, our numbers are, again, for just the half marathon are about 5% up from what they were last year, which is awesome. Um, and I think with, you know, the small operational tweaks that I'm going to, that I'm going to be doing as well as hopefully some good weather that those should be increasing uh, year over year for, for quite some time, I think. Okay. Are you kind of privy to, to kind of talk about what your vision is for uh, some of those tweaks that you want to? Yeah, for sure. Imp- 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 yeah, for okay. sure. Um, I'm, I'm a big proponent of uh, giving the, um, the athletes as much um, information as possible. We have a new athlete guide um, and the speaker series looks a little bit different. It's more of like an athlete briefing, which you would see at an, at an Ironman. Um, I think, I think another barrier of entry is a lot of people feel intimidated and they don't exactly know what to expect. So uh, I like to, to give them as much information about what to expect Um and then also on top of that, while they're at the expo, you know, listen to an athlete briefing and, and just get even more comfortable. Um, I, I think as well, there's there's room for improvement as far as just overall kind of, you know, directional signage and uh, some communication with with vendors in the city and things like that, that, you know, not much, but fine tuning that I think um, will make operationally the the race day go just that much smoother and having a, you know, having a smooth race and where people can feel comfortable about what to expect and what's going to happen. That's kind of my goal. Um, You know, as, as things progress, you know, we'll throw in some really awesome uh, swag and, you know, finisher meal and and all that kind of stuff. But um, for the next year or two, I think my focus is just purely operational. Yeah, that athlete guide is front and center. Boy, you can't miss it on your website. A uh, lot of information there. Uh, really good. Yeah, like the de- like the detailed maps and everything like that. So yeah, uh, excellent change there. I I really like the the fact that you uh, have uh, given the Pacers uh, their own little uh, tab there. Uh, it's nice to know who the Pacers are beforehand. That's a really nice feature too that you've added. So. Yeah, actually, I think Chris did that in the past. I think it was just um, okay. it, was, it was on the website, but I think it was a blog 
Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, for sure. And um, yeah, I think again, just the more information that you can give to people, um, the the more that they can feel comfortable because we've all been, you know, pre pre race anxiety and it feels like you don't know even how you can't remember even how to run um so being able to just say here's all the information you need like we'll take care of you um the course will be well marked you're gonna have tons of volunteers out there like all you need to do is just keep keep running um that for a couple years of you know a well-oiled operational machine um i think that is kind of the the sweet spot right now that i'm i'm kind of focusing on Okay. Well, you've got a phenomenal uh, board that you work with. I know you have uh, just uh, exceptional group that you work with um, from, from past experience. That probably is not a big surprise about the job that you've uh, taken on. Is there anything that's been kind of a surprise for you in your four months on the job, three months? Um, you know, I, I think just how, like how welcoming the community is for this event. Um, you know, okay. when I started Ironman, um, it was difficult to get people on board. Um, but with, you know, I, I mentioned the Des Moines Marathon and everybody kind of knows what's <laughs> what to expect and, and what's happening and getting neighborhood, you know, to sign off on it or Court Avenue to sign off on it. Like people are just, um, and that has a lot to do with just the history of it, but people are really, really welcoming um and then the other part is just uh you know this whole twin city thing um has been a huge surprise um out of yeah. you know my decade of experience i've never had something like this happen so this is just another another wave that i'm gonna try and catch and ride and and learn from um you know by no means will it just be perfectly executed and uh anything like that but um it'll be something that i'm able to take with me going forward have you been feeling a lot of phone calls today? Just, <laughs> just kind of curious. Yeah, I've had a couple during during uh, this podcast, um, and uh, <laughs> about a thousand emails and and Facebook oh, wow. messages and, and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, it's uh, it is it's very busy here in the office. Um, good busy. I mean, it's it's exciting. Um, but I just I want to make sure that not only the folks that are coming, but the, the folks that have already registered and that are local or have had Des Moines circled on their calendar for a long time, that they, everybody gets um, a really well-run uh, race. So it's, it's kind of like walking a tightrope of, we don't want to turn anybody down, um, but still kind of operating within your means. Kind of tell the listeners maybe uh, about your family, maybe mm. a little bit more and, uh what uh if there's anything you like outside of uh running and, yeah. and endurance sports that, that, that you do uh, yeah um i am addicted to golf <laughs> I, oh wow uh, yeah. i picked it up during covid because it was about the only thing you could do and i i haven't put it down since so if i'm not in the office or out running or playing with my son i'm i'm on the golf course for sure um but i mean is there a favorite is there a favorite course you like to play here locally? Uh, probably Waveland. I love Waveland. It's a good course. Okay. It's a good challenge. Um, but all yeah. of them are good. Downhill-wise, downhill-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're all good. Uh, the city has some really good options to choose from. But, um, yeah, my family uh, my family is incredible. Um, my wife is super supportive and, um, you know, 
this opportunity came up she's like you can't turn this down and uh you know I was I was happy with what I was doing but um yeah I kind of took the leap and and she's my she's my number one fan and then my little son is just a ball of energy and you know I always okay. when I'm introducing uh what's his name Leon Leon yeah. okay when I'm introducing myself to people I always um say that I'm, my my job is being a father um you know I'm also happen to be a race director and other things, but my number one job is, is being a dad and um, watching him grow and develop and, and get a little personality is, yeah, it's, it's everything. And uh, you know, it, 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 it helps put things in, into perspective. Um, I'm able to, to, I feel like deal with adversity, uh, you know, because I feel like, well, everybody's safe. And, you know, if that was my son running, I, I would want, them to make the safe call so that way he gets back home to me and and um you know it's you know at the end of the day we we run races and endurance events for fun um you know they may be competitive but it's something fun we do in our own free time and uh yeah that it, it just kind of puts things into perspective for sure okay fun question here uh are you have you taken over the uh uh, marathon mobile that Chris Birch, you always saw him drive around uh, that, the blue and green automobile. Is that your, in your possession now? It's in my possession, but I got to be honest, I don't even know where the keys are to that thing right now. Um, you'll see it. You'll see it race weekend for sure, but um, I do not drive it uh, at all. Um, so I know that was Chris's like, you always knew where Chris was because you could see that thing from a mile away. Right. Yeah, it was always funny. So. <laughs> uh every time we so we will see it on race day weekend oh so. yes yes okay. you will see it then okay. for sure okay uh so kind of tell the listeners kind of fin finish up things uh yeah. tell about the weekend uh expo hours and all that uh all all the relevant stuff that they need yeah for sure so um race is october 15th um sunday october 15th um just starts downtown right at court avenue at 8 a.m um Expo this year is at Coles Commons, um, Friday the 13th from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m., and then Saturday the 14th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. We're going to have live music there. We're going to have uh, beer okay. there, um, tons of vendors. So even if you're you know, just out in Des Moines and you see us, just stop by, pop in. Everybody's welcome, um, although this is, Great. you know, you know, athlete pickup and all that kind of stuff we're hoping to get the community in there listen to some music have a beer walk around talk to some vendors all that kind of stuff um and so then, okay a little more of a, like the old damn the damn feel um the way they had their race yeah i don't know if i i'm not familiar with it but um so we'll have beer for sale during the expo and then um athletes get free beer at the finish line um as well as something that's really awesome this year is Casey's on board. They're providing pizza for us at the finish line. So nothing like a slice of Casey's pizza and, and a beer after a marathon. Um, and the last thing that I kind of want to um, mention is just um, with this, you know, possible influx of, of marathon runners, um, we are going to, we're going to need some additional volunteers. Um, right now, everything is set up for our, you know, kind of usual 6,000, person event and if for some reason we get a thousand or 1500 you know twin city marathoners 
Um, mm. We're going to need some support. So if, if you're willing and able, um, please consider, you know, volunteering for an aid station or pack a pickup or finish line or something like that, because uh, we're, we're going to be able to, you know, get the supplies and everything there. But unless we have some folks out there to help, you know, get the water on the tables and, and things like that. Um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a, um, you know, not, not super successful operational. So if, if anybody's out there and, and is willing and able, we will absolutely love your help. And you get a nice uh, shirt, I assume. For yep. Helping out, right? yep. You so. get a nice shirt and uh, yeah, you'll be part of something that, that is pretty cool. And uh, you know, this is kind of our, our one opportunity that, um, you know, the, the Twin Cities marathoners who wouldn't have signed up for Des Moines and would, would never be in Des Moines, they're going to be here. And if we can show them that Des Moines is the race to, to choose, and that's because of our city and our restaurants and the residents, um, it's, it's kind of our one opportunity. And I'd really love, love the community to get behind it and, and help volunteer for, for, for something. That would be, that would be awesome. Keep them coming back, and there's a great tab you can click on uh, on your website there for volunteers. Right. So right yep. there. Yep. So, um, so have you are are you are you having to order more merchandise then for more uh, you know shirts for all the athletes? Is that something that you gotta yes. jump on now? So, so the the overall vibe from the Twin City Marathoners is um, they just want to run, so they don't necessarily care about you know, getting swag or anything like that. Um, what I'm trying to do more than anything is, um, you know, we're going to need, we're going to need more pizza. We're going to need more beer. We're going to need more on course and, and finish line hydration and nutrition, um, more tables and, and more volunteers. So, um, you know, if, if we get that all knocked down and nailed down in a week and I have some time to, reorder some medals and, and get that here. Um, I definitely will, but, but trying to get, get just the, you know, the basics here and up and running for everybody that that's going to be joining us. Yeah. The food and water. Yeah. You got to have that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. More support there for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, their loss is your gain, I guess. So, uh, (laughs) I hope that's, uh, Hope that everything goes really well for you, Jake. Uh, looking forward to this first year under your guidance and uh, hope things go great Great for you. I'll be down there. Yeah, well, I appreciate so, that, and, and thanks for having me on. So as you've just heard, there is a new sheriff in town running the IMT Des Moines Marathon. He's going to be doing things his way. And, um, well, his way is... Uh, based in triathlon and some of those changes will be that new athlete guide that he talked about and of course an outdoor expo at Coles Commons. It will be interesting for me to watch see if uh, some of those tweaks that Jake was talking about implementing in the next few years will pay off with a rebound in registrations pre-COVID for the IMT race.